Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 38, Pruning the Garden. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with a quote from The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. It is no disparagement to the garden to say it will not fence and weed itself, nor prune its own fruit trees, nor roll and cut its own lawns. It will remain a garden only if someone does all these things to it. If you want to see the difference between the garden's contribution and the gardener's, put the commonest weed, it grows side by side with his hose, rakes, shears, and a packet of weed killer. You have just put beauty, energy, and fecundity beside dead, sterile things. Just so, our decency and common sense show gray and death-like beside the geniality of love. I've discussed this before in previous musings, but it's worth repeating. I love gardening. Indoor, outdoor, I have so much love for all things green and growing. When Joel and I first got married, I remember we took a trip to Ikea to grab a few household items that we needed for the kitchen and the bathroom. I'd never been before, so I was really excited to take it all in. I didn't realize that there would be a greenhouse section. I was overwhelmed, to say the least. In all my upbringing, I had never planted something. No garden, no house plants, nothing. I'm sure it would have been really difficult to keep anything alive on a tour bus when we traveled so much, but the love was still there. Though we had no plants on the IKEA shopping list, we left with a medium-sized pot and a few little green babies to plant inside of it. That was the beginning of a long and beautiful journey of understanding God through understanding plants. When we moved into the house that we're in now, Joel built us these wonderful raised beds in the yard, and every year we grow our own vegetables and herbs and all kinds of flowers and vines. We're, no, we're nowhere near being fully sustained by what we grow, but we're off to a pretty good start. Uh, inside, I've developed quite a collection of plant babies, uh, from philodendrons to English ivy. They are all over the house. Joel sometimes jokes that we live in Fern Gully. I don't know if any of you remember that movie from the 90s, but it was one of my favorites. Um, my first planter from Ikea has grown so much in these past few years. Every time I look at it, I'm kind of blown away by how it continues to expand and to flourish. Another plant that I got pretty early on in our marriage was called a, or is called, a Monstera deliciosa. Some people call it a Swiss cheese plant. If you want to visualize what it looks like, imagine the living room on the Golden Girls and that plant that's behind the couch, kind of on the left side by that hallway, they never go down. I think they say that it's how they get to... Um, the lanai. It's the lanai hallway. So if you look at the couch, look kind of to the left, there's that hallway. There's a big silk plant there. That's a monstera. Um, it's a pretty small one, but you can get the picture. Um, when we first got it, it was really tiny, like only a few little sprouts. And we planted it in a pot that was really cute and really little. 
Over the years, that tiny plant has been repotted almost yearly and continued to grow and stretch and become too large for what it was previously confined in. We just recently uh, did our last repot, I think, for a while. Joel and I searched everywhere to find the largest pot we could, which also wasn't insanely expensive. Uh, we brought our massive plant baby into the kitchen, laid down a huge tarp, and began the delicate task of unraveling the vines, the air roots, and then gently loosened the roots and hoisted it into the new pot, delicately rearranged the vines to stake on these beautiful moss poles that I found for support. One thing that broke my heart to do was to prune away some of the branches off the parts of the vine closest to the soil. In order to encourage the plant to continue to grow and remain healthy, pruning is an essential part of its care. As much as I know it's what the plant needs, it still feels so strange that cutting some part of it away is meant to be helpful. About once a month, I go through the whole house and check on all my green babies and make sure to cut back any stem or vine that's unhealthy and diverting essential energy away from the rest of the plant. It's gotten easier to do the pruning a little at a time, but every time I do it, I feel like Divine is teaching me lessons about myself. Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, beginning at verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing." If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love." If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. In the King James translation, verse 2 says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. The Greek word that is used here as purgeth means 
to cleanse of filthy impurity, to prune trees and vines from useless shoots, figuratively to expiate, to purge. I'll be honest, I did not know what expiate means. For those like me who don't know, it means to atone for guilt or sin. How beautiful of a picture is that? Whatever he sees in us that is not producing fruit, he removes to make us more productive. But then whatever is producing fruit, he removes to make it more productive than before. And what he purges, he also atones. The older I get, the happier I am when I feel divine cutting some part of me away. Whether it's a mindset, a behavior, a type of generational dysfunction, or even a person, I've come to realize that when he removes things or people from my life, it's because it was drawing strength from the places in me that needed that strength in order to bloom. In the wonderful work of literature, the prophet Kiel Gibran says, When love beckons to you, follow him, though his ways are hard and steep, and when his wings enfold you, yield to him though the sword hidden among the pinions may wound you. And when he speaks to you, believe in him, though his voice may shatter your dreams as the north wind lays waste to the garden. For even as love crowns you, so shall he crucify you. Even as he is for your growth, so he is for your pruning. Even as he ascends to your height and caresses your tenderest branches that quiver in the sun, so shall he descend to your roots and shake them in their clinging to the earth. There are also times in life when a necessary part of our growth is that we prune some things ourselves. There are some branches, so to speak, that only divine's shears can cut off. There really is no one-size-fits-all model, and those things can vary from person to person. There have been times in my life that I know that my freedom was nothing short of divine intervention. Other times, as much as it pained me to do, I felt the leading of Holy Spirit that part of my growth was in my cutting that branch off myself. Years ago, there was a relationship in my life that I knew wasn't healthy, but I was connected to them on so many levels that I didn't want to hurt this person by pruning them myself. The Lord gave me this vision that this person was a tree and one of their branches was tangled up in mine and it was keeping them held back from where they were meant to be rooted in and it was keeping me held back from where I was meant to be rooted. I begged and begged God to cut it off for me so that I wouldn't have to feel the pressure of being the one who ended things. Um, but I knew as much as I begged that this moment of growth was something I had to take in for myself. If I didn't step up and untangle those branches myself, I would continue to live in a state of tangledness and turmoil a turmoil that trapped the other person as much as I was trapped. The day I finally made the call, cut the cord, and walked away, I felt like an elephant who had been sitting on my chest just up and moved on. I didn't realize the weight that I was under until it had lifted. I also discovered a strength developing in me in a place that had once seemed a constant energy drain. I was able to step back and see the growth, too, that almost happened immediately in the other person. When we repotted our monstera, I was so nervous that somehow I had done it wrong and that the plant was gonna die. 
The first couple days in the new pot, she didn't look so good. She didn't look bad, but the branches looked a little droopy, and I just wasn't sure if it liked the new pot and the moss poles. Uh, I looked it up, and sometimes after a big prune and a repotting like that, a plant will experience a type of shock. If the repot is done properly, it will recover and be stronger than before, and if not, the plant will eventually die. After about three days, the branches began to perk up. I saw new growth peeking through the soil, and the vine color looked so vibrant and alive. Joel and I both took a collective sigh of relief, knowing that our Monstera baby was going to thrive. How often do so many of us walk around feeling like we are in a perpetual state of repot shock? These days, I feel like Divine is just pruning and pruning away at so many things that if he doesn't slow down, I'm going to start feeling really naked. But maybe that's the point, to strip us down to the nakedness of Eden, to return us to the place where every part of us is rooted in Him. In Isaiah 18, starting at verse 4, it says, For this is what the Lord has said to me, I will be quiet and I will look on from my dwelling place, like shimmering heat above the sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, when the blossom is over and the flower becomes a ripening grape, he will cut off the sprigs without buds with pruning knives, and he will remove and cut away the spreading branches. If you are in a place of knowing there might be a branch or two needing some pruning in your life, don't worry, you are not alone. Why don't we take a moment and pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, we come to you today ready and willing for you to go to work with your pruning shears. We know that we have lived for far too long with dead and dying branches that need to go. We know the work you desire to do in our lives is for our good and full of joy and hope. We long to bear lasting fruit that impacts the world around us. So we surrender to this moment of temporary pain in exchange for the beautiful freedom you offer us. Meet us in our frailties and give us the strength to pick up the shears when you hand them to us. When you know what needs to be developed in us by cutting the cord ourselves. Fill us with such trust that we will obey your leading and cut off the things, people, places, mindsets, and dysfunctions that are keeping us from blossoming into everything you've designed us to. We know that your love for us is endless and that you are fighting for us, even when we have ceased fighting for ourselves. We live in gratitude for all you have done in our lives and all you will continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with a poem titled God's Garden by Robert Frost. God made a beauteous garden with lovely flowers strewn, but one straight narrow pathway that was not overgrown. And to this beauteous garden, he brought mankind to live and said to you, my children, these lovely flowers I give. Prune ye my vines and fig trees, with care my flowers tend, but keep the pathway open, your home is at the end. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about too.
Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash destiny makes music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.